Hello, today is December 29th, 2023. My name is Juni and welcome to the Theta Game Podcast. I'm not a financial advisor and nothing I say is financial advice. I'm literally just a normal retail trader, just like you. I'm not certified or a graduate of finance, just a regular trader that started on Wall Street Bets years ago. I've lost a lot of money and made some of it back and more after finding a system that worked for me. I share my trades, system, and experiences all for free learn from my mistakes, and use my experiences to help you rebound after shorting Tesla one too many times. You can view my, all my trades for free at thetagang.com slash juni. There are no pop-ups, no ads, no newsletter, none of that stuff. Uh, and you can email me any questions that you might have about the podcast, stream, or website at juni at thetagang.com. Lastly, I stream on Twitch every weekday at least an hour from 9 a.m. Pacific time. Come hang out, ask me questions, vent, or just chill. It's a positive environment and everyone is welcome at twitch.tv slash real Thank you and I hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, uh, today's going to be a bit of a different episode. I mean, because we're doing this weekly, I mean, we're going to have all types of different content. Um, anyway, my fiance is out right now running an errand, uh, but I cannot, I mean, absolutely not record a podcast episode whenever anyone is in the same building as when I'm recording. Like, I need this to be a private endeavor. Um, and uh, because I get to speak a lot like how I just normally would into the mic, but I, it's just like whenever someone's in the room or like in the same building when I'm like recording, it just, ah, I just feel like they're hearing me and I feel awkward because I'm talking to a mic. But when I'm at home alone, like I am right now, it doesn't feel bad or it doesn't feel weird. So I'm a bit, I'm on a bit of a timer today. Um, but it's since today's the last episode of the year, we're just going to kind of reflect on what went well this year, what went bad this year. Uh, and what we plan to do for next year, for 2024's uh, sort of trading year. The 5K account is the usual sort of section that I start off with, uh, so I'll keep that kind of static. Uh, the 5K account should now be labeled the 6K account. So since, when did I start this? Since November 3rd, um, or maybe November 2nd was my very first trading day, but since November 2nd, um, I've gotten 1000 $37.12 in profit. Since I've started, this is about a 20.74% gain. And that is in, I think, let me just look that up here. Don't wanna, I mean, if I have the data, I might as well say the actual data because that's what's, that what makes it so cool. Uh, it took me 27 trades. So in 27 trades, I took a 5K account uh, to 6K. And that's all live on Twitch too. It's not like I'm trying to sell you any sort of like trade alerts or like, oh, my secret system that I'm gatekeeping. I'm literally doing this live. And if you'd love to come hang out, watch, just chill, right? Like if you want second monitor content, I think I'm perfect for that. Uh, you can come to twitch.tv slash real gang. Just talking a little bit over about my stats here. I have about a 96.3% win percentage. I have 26 wins and one loss and zero assignments in the 5K account. My average uh, trade time or how long I'm in a trade is about 5.89 days. Uh, and I take 100% uh, or I take notes 100% of the time. 
those that are newer to the podcast slash website might be like, what is, wait, what, what does Juni mean about notes? What is that? Uh, I keep track of the percentage of times that you keep, keep your notes for yourself. For example, when you open a trade on thetagame.com or when you log a trade, uh, you could leave a note for yourself or like why you entered or why you closed at this specific time. On the Junie 5K account, you go datagang.com slash Junie5, that's the number five and the letter K, Junie 5K, and every single trade you click there will indeed have a trading note of like the reasons why I entered or why I've exited. I think it's one of the best standards I could set for myself. Diving a little bit more into the stats, um, let me see here. In the 27 trades that it took me to get to uh, 6K from 5K, 25 of the trades have been put credit spreads and two of the trades have been short iron condors. So 27 trades in total and the only trade that I've lost was a put credit spread on target. I'm understanding though uh, that I might have a very good string of good luck right now. You know, this is a bit abnormal, I would say, uh, my win percentage, uh, especially compared to my previous history of doing this sort of style of trading on my main account back in 2019, where maybe I had a win percentage closer to actually like around 70%. Because when I'm opening these put credit spreads and short iron condors that I am on the 5K account, one of my sort of metrics that I'm looking for is a win percentage or a probability of profit percentage on the trades that I open of about 70%. So me winning 96.3% of the time is a little bit abnormal, but I am doing a particular strategy that I think helps me uh, benefit in the long run. For example, uh, earlier this week, one of my NVIDIA put credit spreads was down maybe about like 100 to $150 at one point. Someone in chat asked a question, you know, when would you consider exiting out of this NVIDIA put credit spread? You know, do you have a max loss uh, sort of uh, loss trigger in mind? And uh, previously what I've learned in, back in 2019 when I gave put credit spreads its first go ahead um, and call credit spreads for that matter, along with short line condors, when I did this style of trading uh, for the six months I did back then, I learned that the options move a lot as you get closer to expiry. Some of you uh, that might be more experienced in options trading, you know this as, as a gamma risk. Um, some of you might just know this as maybe like a upswing of volatility as maybe expiration dates get nearer. There's a whole plethora of reasons why an option could sort of turn back and go uh, with you instead of continually against you towards expiration. What works for me is if I have a loss on a put credit spread, I understand that the max loss here is about 500 bucks. Okay, if I keep my width of my strikes five, then my max loss is 500. I receive maybe $100 in premium, max loss being around 400 if I include the premium. I am willing to lose the full $400 in case if the stock goes all the way through um, my sort of long put that I might have bought if I bought a put credit spread or maybe the call that I bought if I was doing a call credit spread. I am fully okay for right now, right? Because right now my system hasn't broken, so I'm not gonna try to fix anything or change anything because this seems to be working. I'll most likely carry this style on into 2024. But um, yeah, I have no reason to sort of exit early for a loss. This was a prime case example of why uh, I don't like stopping out of my put credit spreads I opened because I do all of my due diligence beforehand to make sure that, hey, you know, the strikes that I do sell and buy for the spreads make sense to me where I'm willing to just eat the $400 loss, but otherwise 
I want to have time work in my favor. I want as time runs out and the expiration dates gets closer, I want that extrinsic value to get sucked out and then have me benefit from that uh, going towards expiration. Of course, this style is not proven to work. I've only done 27 trades. I have made $1,000, um, but of which I could have just easily have lost $1,000. Uh, I'm just a normal retail trader. Uh, that's just a, maybe a little bit more transparent than the next one. Um, but I make a I make a whole effort in making sure that you guys can see how I trade and what I trade um, on the live stream. So yeah, feel free to stop by. I mean, I do all of this live. I'm I'm saying all of it. I show my entire terminal. Um, you, you know, there's tons of time for asking questions as well. There's tons of people asking me like, why did you choose this expiration? Why are you choosing this strike? It's a fun time. I get to sort of practice explaining my thought process. It helps me learn as well. Um, and I'd highly recommend uh, joining the stream. Next up, uh, I wanna talk a little bit about my main portfolio. Uh, my main portfolio has about 310 to maybe $315 cash, okay? Uh, and about, let's see, let me try to do some napkin math here. About 200K of it, a little bit less than 200K, is tied up in options right now. And in this portfolio for the 2023 year, I have made $87,376.80. So my biggest gain ever um, was this year in terms of a numerical value, percentage wise. Let's see, um, started off the year with maybe 230. Uh, so we say 87 divided by 230. Uh, so I made like around 37%, maybe closer to 40%, one of those, um, depending on if I started with 215K or 230K. I don't remember for this year, but Happy to have at least made 37% this year uh, doing the strategy that I'm doing. I feel like I've never had to bet the entire basket to get this 87K win uh, this year. Um, my patrons know my style of trading. Uh, they know that I love trading as stocks go up. I think that's my, my bread and butter. Because um, you can imagine people question that sort of statement all the time. Of course, Junie. Like if the stocks go up, everyone makes money, yes. Um, but it takes some sort of, uh, skill is kind of a posh word there, but there's there's some sort of like discipline and like system that you gotta, gotta have for yourself for when you, say for example, you buy long calls on Nvidia, uh, but we all know Nvidia doesn't just go straight up. Uh, or in fact, if it does, if you win on your first batch of long calls, how are you going to win your second batch? Are you just going to wait until Nvidia dips back down? But, you know, retrospect says it didn't. So how do you continue trading when a stock just takes off and goes up? Uh, and that's where I specialize. I like doing buy rights, and that's like buying shares and immediately selling the covered call. I like doing cash secured puts in like lumps of twos and fours, sometimes threes. Um, I like dollar cost averaging a whole bunch. I'll buy shares in batches of 12, 13, 25, and 50. I have all these tools and systems that I can tweak little by little that I'm comfortable with as the stock is going up. And I do have prerequisites for trading stocks that I 
really love to follow the news on that I don't mind or that I do love using. So I have all of these safeguards to sort of protect me from any sort of big FUD event. Like I know, for example, NVIDIA is not going to disappear overnight because it's going to fail a trial test like maybe a biopharmaceutical company would. Right. I don't trade biofarm. I don't trade energy. I don't trade oil. I don't trade military. I don't trade really. I don't trade really much of anything else besides tech and some retail because that's that's what I know. That's like what I grew up. We sort of grew up with. That's like that's just my bread and butter. Um, but everyone's different. And this is just a reminder to you that maybe your, your 2023 year felt scattered. Right. Like your your portfolio just has all these random stocks. 2024 might be the year where you start focusing and honing in on a fewer number of stocks um, so that you have you could put more attention to them and manage your cost basis just a little bit better with more capital because your capital is less thinned out. Uh, the other side of the coin says, you know, diversification, 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 <laughs> I'm getting so excited, uh, is good. Um, and it is. It just really depends on what your perspective of where you want your portfolio to be. Like, what do you want your theme of your portfolio to be? Do you do you want to be diversified uh, because you're scared of a like a market crash in a certain sector? You know, maybe you have a very bearish view on tech. Then yes, maybe diversifying into oil, into military, healthcare, and all these industries that aren't so much tech related, it might be good for your portfolio. Um, this is more important for say like people that don't have uh income coming in like they they're retired like if you're retired you can't put in more money to help you double down on anything the money that you got is the money you got left right or maybe you're older uh, and you just can't take as much risk diversification makes sense there but i would be dreaming if i thought that my demographic that listens to this podcast is 50 plus it's not uh, the main demographic that listens to this podcast is about from the ages of 14 to like 35. Okay, so everyone that's listening to this podcast right now, if you're within that age group, just do like the SpongeBob caveman meme and look to the left and right. Yeah, like we're all around the same age. Um, whether if you're like maybe in high school, I don't know, high school freshman learning about Robin Hood for the first time. Because, I don't know, all your friends are into buying GameStop stock. I have no clue. I don't know what high schooler kids do. Or if you're a college student about to graduate or you have some, like, leftover money from working a part-time job in college and you're trying to put some that money away. Or maybe you're a fresh college grad trying to get a job, uh, but you also have this money saved up from college. Or you're a first-time worker. You finally joined the workforce. You're working 9 to 5 and you got a paycheck and you want to start dollar-cost averaging into the market. We're all in the same sort of like pool of traders. Like I think as time goes on, investing is going to happen at a younger and younger age as information gets more and more easily digestible and more accessible as well. But I digress. Um, diversification, it's good. It's good if you're older, you have less income coming in. If you're younger and more of a beginner type, more of a beginner type beat, no cap, maybe less diversification may be bussin', okay? That's like youngish speak for, you know, it might be better to focus on a few stocks than a whole bunch of stocks. For real, for real. So to recap just a little bit, my 5K account is now at 6,000 
$37.12. I have so much trouble saying those numbers. Um, so yeah, five to 6K, that was great. And my main portfolio is having a profit of about 37% maybe, and that's at 87K. Uh, more specifically, because I have the data right in front of me, $87,376.80. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be continuing to trade live uh, on twitch.tv slash real Um And uh, yeah, please join. It's a fun time. It's really, really fun. Uh, I love showing people how I trade and uh, people ask me questions. It's a really cool experience. All right, uh, enough about me. Uh, something that I learned this week is that the contribution limit for IRAs uh, is now up to $7,000 for the people under the age of 50 and up to $8,000 for the people of age 50 and older. Uh, and that's great. You know, you always want to be able to put more money into these accounts. Uh, if you don't know what IRA is, it stands for Individual Retirement Account. It's when you take uh, some of your money that you have in your, like your savings or checking account, you open this IRA with a company like Wealthfront, Vanguard, Betterment. Most of your brokerages have some sort of IRA plan that you can open or IRA account that you can open. And there's multiple types of IRAs, but I'm not going to bore you with that because that is boring. <laughs> but it is an account where you put money into and that money gets invested into stocks. You're probably wondering, why would I do that? You even have a podcast that teaches me how to invest my money or trade with money in my like sort of stock and option portfolio. Why would I do something like this? I want it in my own hands. Well, if you don't know, Junie also has an IRA account, and I think everyone should have an IRA account. It is tax advantaged. Depending on which type of IRA you open, and really there's no wrong choice um, it, between a Roth or a traditional, I, it, to me, it really just doesn't matter, but, um, it's going to be tax advantage, meaning like at some point in time, y you're either going to be taxed on the way in or taxed on the way out, but you're going to be taxed much less. Okay. And when this happens, uh, you're going to be in a scenario where maybe at age, I don't know when you're going to retire, like 60, 65, if you max this thing out every year, when you're age 60, you're gonna have a whole lot of money in this account, okay? And when you withdraw this money, it's gonna be a large chunk of money that you can sit on. And this is what's considered what I believe to be the nest egg for most people. Most people's nest eggs are inside a tax advantage account because when you're old and you're retired and you wanna take your money out to start using it, you want it to be tax advantage. But I get it. I get it. It sounds so boring. You're like, dude, ew, I'm not going to be old forever. Like I just graduated high school or I just got my first job out of college. This is boring, dude. Why? No, no. I'm going to, I'm going to make it big with Theta Gang style options, bruh. Like I don't need any type of, and I get you, I get you. But you know what I wish I had done earlier with all of this, with all this Theta Gang stuff that I talk about? You know what I wish I could have done earlier? Open a damn IRA earlier. This is, there's a reason why there's a cap on this thing, okay? There's a reason why you can't just slam your portfolio or your entire checking account and put it into this because it's a good deal. So what I'm suggesting is you just entertain the idea of opening one. It's free. You can open a Robinhood one. I don't care, dude. 
in fact, here's the thing. I'm not going to even give you a referral code. I'm just telling you that if you don't open an IRA account after learn, hearing about this and you didn't know about it before, you're griefing yourself. You're going you're gonna to remember this episode and you'll be like, dang, that Asian kid that talks into the microphone by himself, dude, he was right. And you're going you're gonna to think this when you're like 40 and you're like, man, I wish I started an IRA. How come no one told me to start an IRA? Oh, yeah, Junie did long time ago. But, of course, you know, I would I would think that most of you actually do have an IRA. But I had to really sell it, you know. In, in, case of, in case of someone really didn't have an IRA, like maybe, you know, the population of or the demographic that listens to this that's maybe age 18 to like, I don't know, like 23. I think 24 is where you start to really start thinking about this type of stuff. But if you're in that age bracket, start start thinking about it. Try to try to max it out. And I bet you, you know, if you have, uh, I wouldn't say affluent. I would say like just like parents that just have spare money. I mean, uh, yeah, there's parents out there that have spare money that will gladly help match you and put you put money into your account with you for your IRA like I didn't have parents like that we just didn't have enough money to go around uh, but I have a uh, family-in-law that will do that for like my future cousins-in-laws for example like and I will probably do that for like my kids you know it's like oh yeah you want to put your birthday money into this account yeah I'll match you and you know just that, that kind of stuff so uh, for those that do have IRAs congrats uh, especially those that started it early, you're very, very ahead uh, that from a lot of people. Uh, I'd say this is probably the biggest life hack that you can have going to 2024 if you don't have one already, okay? Um, step number one, I think, from my recommended podcast episode for season two, you know, when I started doing podcasts again this year, um, one of the points were to max out an IRA. So this is it. This is my reminder for you to start an IRA. This was a very easy topic for me to talk about. Very passionate about it, as you can tell, um, because it's a shame. You know, you you want this nest egg to grow. Um, and just a rule for yourself: when you put it in, uh, you know, money into your IRA, you're allowed to take it out. There's there's a penalty when you do it, but you're allowed to do it. It's not like you're gonna be penalized 50 percent it's like maybe 10 percent i think or some something like that um and when it's small it doesn't really matter if you do it although it's just suggested you don't uh because this is the, your sort of nest egg it, the way i view my ira is like if my tasty works or my i don't know six thousand dollar robin account blows up i have my nest egg to be okay i have my ira to be okay because the money that's invested in there is just going to grow with the market. And it's something that I don't touch. I just put money in it every year. I just max it out right away. For example, January 1st, next year, this incoming Monday, I'm just going to slam $7,000 in it and just like forget that it's there for the rest of the year. right? And then um, it's just something that just grows with you that you don't worry about you and you don't touch. I think it helps a lot with my confidence in my Tastyworks portfolio when I'm opening these cash secured puts on NVIDIA, AMD, all this stuff. Uh, it's a little bit more risky, sure, uh, but I know in the back of my mind I always have an IRA to fall back on. 
Um, so I think I just found today's episode topic. I'm just going to make it IRA. You know, I was planning to not have any topic at all. Um, but I do have one bit more of news that I want to share uh, before we end today's episode. Um, yeah, I'll just, I'll just say that first. I was going to go into some outro stuff. But I'll just yeah, – yeah, I'll just say it. One, one second, one second. <laughs> so this was kind of cool. Uh, the Israeli government uh, provided Intel with a $3.2 billion grant to help Intel build a new $25 billion chip plant in southern Israel. Uh, and in exchange, uh, Intel is committed to spending $16.6 billion U.S. dollars through Israeli suppliers over the next decade. The new manufacturing plant is also expected to create thousands of jobs in the area. Um, I looked up the definition of a grant because I just realized I'm like 31 years old. And I just don't know what a grant really is. And it's essentially uh, funds that organizations received that is not expected to be repaid. So if you knew what a grant was, that's good for you. I just didn't know what it exactly meant because it didn't say donation. It said grant. Uh, and yeah, it's i guess different than a donation is just not expected to be repaid i i don't know maybe donation has some legal terms behind it too uh, but yeah a 3.2 billion dollar grant to intel to help build a 25 billion dollar chip plant in southern israel is kind of huge they're taking manufacturing uh away from you know sort of taiwan and all that china scary mumbo jumbo um, and this is showing some validity to uh, Intel's chip making power. So a bit of good news, I'd say, uh, for Intel. And Intel has gone up quite a bit. I believe it's trading up in like the 50s now. Uh, I, I had a bit of Intel stock this year. I sold some of it for profit. And yeah, it's chilling at $50.25. I think I stopped out at like around 40 bucks which is a bit of a shame, but it's okay. I have other stocks that I'm trading right now in the main portfolio. Um, yeah, so Intel, a little bit more validity there, gives you a little bit more flavors to choose from in terms of trading semis. Now you have Nvidia, of course, uh, you have AMD, and then now you have Intel. There's also Micron, if you wanna give that a look, and then there is, um, Qualcomm. Qualcomm is another semiconductor stock. Very expensive, but you know, I'd probably give that more of a look if it was less expensive. But who knows? Maybe maybe you have a little bit more capital laying around than I do. This podcast, the website, and stream are all made possible because of my patrons at patreon.com slash thetagang. Signing up helps keep kelps. <laughs> It's like SpongeBob kelps. Uh, signing up helps keep the services up and alive, as well as pay my own personal bills. I do the podcast, website, and stream full time as my primary source of income. I feel grateful to be able to do this full time, and my focus on providing the best service possible for free. The podcast, website, and stream are all free, and it'll stay that way. Signing up for Patreon does give you a few perks, so check it out again at patreon.com slash if you're interested in helping support. All right, I uh, want to give a shout-out to my patrons that help support me right now in my dire time of need. <laughs> um, that just helps support the website, podcast, and stream. Uh, a special shout-out to Vegeta Plank, Upstream Puddle, uh, Turbo Ricky, The Jester, Techo Me Elmo, Symmetrix, Statistically Random, 
Slow Motion, Seneca, Restier, Roostered, uh, Pasture Bedtime, Ensis88, North Brizzle, uh, Nala, Mr. Integrity, Mods, Memememem, McFly, Maltman1856, Major, Maestro XC, Los Pepes, Lord Skeletor, KJ Martin, just signed up today, Kaput, K21, Butler, J Perkins86, Grandpa95, Fancy Wolf, EDC, Danube9000, Dang High, Chicken Dinner, Caveman, Can't Make, can't make Money, IRL, Bearded Savage, Avrilian, Arfman, Andy V, and Alexander Kerm. Uh, thank you again so much for supporting me and my endeavor of taking this full time. It means a lot. It's only been maybe three months since I've started this full time. And it just really looks like that all the growth metrics for like the, the stream that when I click on the, when I click go live on the stream button, there's a double digit number of people waiting there for me to go on stream. And that's huge. Because when I first started streaming again this year, there were like five people max at the peak. But now there's at least, and I mean at least like 13 people, 15 people when I click the go live button. And that feels really gratifying. Um, when I uh, look at the podcast numbers, it went pretty flat in the middle of this year when I stopped doing uh, podcast episodes. But now we're back. More people are listening now than ever. I think I'm somehow getting recommended somewhere. So that's awesome too. And same with Twitch. I'm being caught in the recommended section for trading on t live on Twitch. And that's also a really cool feeling. And more and more people are signing up for Patreon, which is super exciting. I mean, everything is looking up and all I can be is grateful. I know that I'm very, very lucky and I want to make sure that I'm, I don't overextend myself. I want to keep going at the trajectory that I am into 2024. Um, but I'm just being grateful. Like I understand this is a really cool spot and I try my best not to mess it up. And, uh, I'm working as hard as I can. I think the patrons that get to know about the changes that happen first, understand like, you know, um, I'm, I'm out there fixing the bugs that people are reporting in because it's a reflection on me, right? You find a bug out there, it's not getting fixed. I'm the only person to blame for it. But of course, it's a bit of me doing a little bit of prior picking priority on things that I'm currently working on in the background. Uh, like it'd be new features for the website, aka right now I'm working on the tracker. I'm trying to make that um, be easier to use for everybody because it's kind of confusing right now. There's a few prototypes in mind. Um, but it's a doozy. It's super fun. I wish other people were more empowered to start their own thing too. Um, and yeah, just, whew. it's just a good feeling. Very good feeling. I'm ready for 2024. Um, very thankful for the gains that I had this year. Very thankful for, uh, my girlfriend becoming my fiance. Very grateful that my mom is healthier than she was in 2021 and 2022. She seems better than ever. My stepdad beat diabetes. He's better than ever. He's put on a few pounds, which is great because he was overly skinny. Um, friends are all healthy, thank God. Um, seems like everything's good. Some of them have gotten engaged too, so that's fun. And um, counting my blessings, very, very lucky. I am such a lucky person and um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm at a loss for words. I, I really am. I'll see everybody in the new year in 2024. Thank you for just being there for me and my patron, my patrons for supporting me. I consider a lot of you uh, my close friends when it comes to like my training community that I trade with. I don't trade with any of my friends in real life. I don't I don't do any 
uh, of that, um, primarily because I don't think a lot of them are interested in that kind of stuff. But I'm lucky to have found a community uh, and help create a com community with with uh, sort of my patrons and friends that we have in the Discord um, into what's become today. I hope it grows. I hope we get a few more uh, cool people like we have right now. Um, but who knows what 2024 can bring? I'll see everybody in the next or I'll see everybody because when you listen to this podcast, it should be the new year. I'm going to be releasing this on January 1st of Monday next week. So happy new year. You, you're listening to this. I should probably open the podcast episode with happy new year. God <laughs> darn. It's the retrospect for me. You know, I, I never see this stuff coming. Like I didn't even say Merry Christmas on the last one because Christmas was on the Saturday and I record on Fridays and I just, uh, I'm like so in it when I'm like recording the podcast. I don't think about the sort of near future. I'm very, I'm very reflective of maybe the past and like I'm, I look towards the future, but not the immediate weekend. <laughs> that's the, that's the culprit there. Um, but I digress. Anyway, see everybody on Monday uh, when this podcast episode is released and or the stream at 9 a.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash real data gang. Thank you. <laughs>